Oh, we gotta tell. We gotta. We got a secret. People don't need to travel to each other to do podcasts. They can just do this from 650 miles apart. All right. So welcome to Copyright Matters. This is Matt Armstrong. I am a musician in the Orlando, Florida area. And with me is Sean Starbuck. Hey, everybody. He is a singer-songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee. We're always glad to have him here. And this is the Copyright Matters podcast, episode number two. The title of this episode is, What exactly is copyright and how does it pertain to churches and church music? Which is a really long title, and I should probably have cut that down, but I didn't. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So before we uh, get too far into this, we do need to put out the disclaimer that we uh, always need to do with these, which is to say... We are not lawyers or legal experts in U.S. copyright law, so please do not take the information we discuss on this podcast as legal advice. We've created this podcast to start a conversation with you regarding issues of copyright and how it pertains to churches, and we do our best to make sure that everything that we share on this podcast is accurate to the best of our abilities, and we can't assume any responsibility if there are any errors. If you are an expert and you find any errors in anything that we've done, please let us know. We'll let you know how to contact us at the end of the podcast. And if you are someone who needs specific legal advice regarding a particular copyright issue, you should contact a licensed attorney in your area who specializes in copyright law to help you uh, do the things that you need to do. So in this particular podcast, we're going to talk about what is copyright. And it encompasses a huge amount of information. So one of the things that we're going to cut down as far as this particular podcast is concerned is copyright as it pertains to music only. But there are many, many other things that you will encounter in ministry that are also uh, protected under copyright. But we're only going to talk about the music ones. So before we get going, Sean, I wanted to ask you a question uh, Uh because I was thinking about this. (laughs) You can edit that out. (laughs) Oh, no, that's staying in, bro. (laughs) When did you first encounter the need to know something about copyright? You began ministry, you know, as a teenager, and you continued doing stuff. And if you were anything like me, you know, you kind of began just sort of doing ministry, just doing what you were doing, and things like copyright just weren't even on the radar of something that you needed to know anything about. But at some point in ministry, you went, you know what, I think this is something I should know more about because I'm encountering it more and more frequently. I think where it really became very important to me was when I when I came to the point where I was a full-time worship pastor and understanding a little bit more about you know what goes on in church. And, and I, I still think there's a lot of people out there who are kind of still clueless of, of what those things are. And so excited that today we can kind of share a little bit of that. Okay, so the topic of this uh, podcast is what is copyright anyway? And so I started off with the Merriam-Webster definition, which says the exclusive legal right to reproduce, publish, sell, or distribute the matter and form of something. Mm. It's like, wow, that really tells me nothing at all. Yeah, I was like, that's a really lot of words to just say something that's so simple. Well, you know, one of the things that is often used in copyright is to say to make uh, it's the the right to make duplications of things. And and I don't mm-hmm. like the word duplicate because it kind of assumes that you're meaning you're making an exact copy of something. Yeah. That always opens up a, a question then 
a natural question to ask, which is, okay, so if I were to use somebody else's piece of music and I change a couple of words and a couple of chords, does that mean that my thing that I've just created, I can now copyright because it's my new thing? And the Mm -hmm. answer is probably not um, because copyright, it's not about an exact duplication. What it really is, is more about reproducing something. And I think we all understand reproducing something as having a bit of variance from whatever the original material was. Right. So if you make a few changes, that doesn't mean it's automatically a new thing. Uh, if you yeah. make a few changes, it is still essentially the original thing, just a little bit different than perhaps yeah. than it originally was. Copyright as a concept is a little bit vague on purpose so that there's uh, the opportunity for people to have a discussion about whether or not this is something that is in fact a new thing or derivative of something that already exists. The other question that I get asked a lot by people, copyright is just about making money. So if I'm not making money off of something, then uh, it's either not copyright protected or the thing that I'm, I'm doing is okay because, you know, I'm not getting paid for doing this. And it's important to understand that copyright really doesn't have anything at all to do with money. Copyright is, has everything to do with property. It's, it's like your car, you know, people can't just mm-hmm. come and borrow your car and say, well, I'm, I'm wow. not getting paid to use your car, so I can just borrow your car. You're like, no, it's still my car and you can't just sure. take it without my permission. Now, the uh, other thing that I, I found out in, in this uh, research on this topic, which I thought was really interesting because I did not know this, is when the understanding of copyright protection as we know it today came into existence was it was back in 1886 hmm. at what was known what is called the Berne Convention. At that convention, they defined uh, the protection of copyright as commencing upon the fixation in tangible form of an idea. So this hmm. idea of fixation is really the key thing. So if you have an idea for a song in your head and maybe you sing it around places or what have you, it doesn't become protected under copyright until you fix it or affix it someplace, until you write it down, record it, or do something that actually takes that musical concept and puts it down in a, in a solid form. That's when copyright protection begins. Right. So you're saying it has to in some way be something tangible, so that's really the, the where the thing begins with copyright is that as soon as you create something, the the, yeah. the right to make copies of that instantly belongs to you. So whether or not something has the little C with a circle around it, whether or not it has that is not really relevant. What that C with the circle around it refers to registering copyright. Mm-hmm. So your ideas are protected under copyright as soon as you make them. So as soon as you have them and you affix them to some fashion, you put it on a CD, you record it to your computer, you write down the words and chords, you notate it out in uh, musical form in whatever fashion. Once that happens, your material is protected under copyright. Now, the trouble with that is that how could you ever prove that you were the first person (laughs) to do that? Sure. And that's what registering your copyright is all about. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things to understand, again, this goes back to the Barron Convention, is that they do not issue your copyright. So it's not like you submit your stuff to the Library of Congress and they go, okay, well, now it's protected under copyright. 
Now, it was protected under copyright as soon as you put it down on paper or recorded it. What they do is they maintain a record of the material that is copyrighted uh, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So they are sort of like just a database of these things have been created on these dates. And that's what registering your copyright is all about. It's not it's not like the copyright initiates on that day. It's just that it's been it's been registered at that point. That's a great clarification. And then this brings up uh, a topic that I was talking with a worship leader about a couple of weeks ago, and that is the what's known as the poor man's copyright, where you mail a copy of the music to yourself. Yes, I did that plenty of times. (laughs) And you realize (laughs) it actually doesn't mean anything at all. It's it's totally pointless. Yeah, if somebody's going to take you to court and you hand that little that little CD inside, please open this up and see that it's inside. Like the reality of that happening is never really going to happen. No, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. So if you see that around, if yeah. you hear people talking about the so-called poor man's copyright, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. And your music is protected under copyright as soon as you affix it someplace. But if you want protection, like if you want real protection for that, you really do want to register it with the U.S. Copyright Office. If you're trying to figure out how to use copyright and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I figure out who owns this material? Like say you want to cover a song or you want to create an arrangement of a song or whatever it is you might want to do. There are two primary resources that you can go to to find out who owns the copyright to something. The first is the U.S. Copyright Office itself, which is at www.copyright.gov slash records. And I've used that before. It's actually, (laughs) as much as we might complain about our government, it's actually a very well-designed website, and it is very easy to use. Hmm. The other one is the CCLI Song Search. So if you're dealing with church music, this is usually the more uh, specific way to go because they only register church music. Yeah. And you can look up their song search. It's us.search.ccli.com. And I use yeah. that on a regular basis uh, based on the, the work that I do. Yeah. You can also use, uh, you know, like the BMI and ASCAP, the royalty places too, you know. Yeah, usually. Know checked into that. Yeah, they'll have, uh, they usually have some sort of search feature. I'll just be honest. Mm-hmm. I have found them to be not as user friendly. But no, you- they're not. Yeah, you got to definitely go through the to the gambit to get to it, but you can. And that brings us to the topic you wanted to talk about earlier, and that is protected music versus public domain music. Mm-hmm. I wanted sure. to give a little bit of background of what public domain is and what it isn't, because this is something that, again, you and I have dealt with before. People get confused about what exactly is public domain. Mm-hmm. Public domain just means that the music is no longer protected under copyright. They've made changes, you know, the government has made changes to what is protected under copyright. And the most recent change that was made was made in 1998 as part of the Copyright Term Extension Act. And it established copyright protection exists during the life of the author plus 70 years. Hmm. And some of the laws that were passed were retroactive back to a certain time. It can be confusing because the rules have changed over the years. So in regards to public domain, um, I had a a conversation with a worship leader probably about a year ago uh, about public domain music in that um, they wanted to use somebody else's arrangement of a public domain piece of music. Mm. And I said, okay, that's great. But that arrangement uh, is protected under copyright. So you do have to have permission to do that. And at the time, the artist uh, had not registered it with CCLI. 
So I said, okay, so what you need to do is you need to get permission from them to use their arrangement of that particular piece of music. And that was another piece of confusion is that the arrangement can have its own copyright, even if the source material was public domain. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the next thing on the copyright issues that I'd like to talk about today is the difference between a copyright owner, a publisher, Mm. and a copyright administrator. Yeah, that that was huge for me to finally figure that out. The copyright owner at least begins as the creator of the music. So Mm -hmm. if you create something, you initially have the copyright to that particular piece of music. But that doesn't have to stay that way. If you follow the traditional path of getting published or signing with a record label or what have you, invariably you will be signing away either all or a part of your ownership of the copyright of your music. You'll see this actually if you go to the CCLI song search page. You'll, and you look up the copyright for a particular piece of music, you'll often see the publisher's name or some variation of it in with the copyright ownership. And you wonder, how do they have a portion of this? Like, you know, right. when you look up How Great Thou Art, you see Capital CMG, Hope Publishing, sure. and IntegrityMusic.com. And you think, why in the world would they have partial yeah. ownership in this? Well, they do because they have more or less purchased or have had the copyright assigned to them in order to make that music more broadly available and to promote that music. Because that is primarily the job of a publisher is to promote other people's work. Yeah, I think a good way to understand it too is I wrote the song, It's Christmas, the happiest time of the year. You know, that's this one song. Wrote it with other people. Wrote it with with, with Danny and with Daniel and we wrote it. But they don't want to deal with it. Like they, they, they're glad that they wrote the song and they're, they're glad that they could get some part of royalties. You know, you've got on the side of copywriting, you've got the, you know, the, the writer part and you've got the publishing part. And so when it comes to the publishing, like, like who's going to deal with all this publishing stuff, Daniel and Danny are like, I, I don't want to deal with this mess. Sean, you deal. So in a sense, I become the administrator. That means I deal with all the different things. And if I were to ever, uh, you know, sign a publishing deal for that song in particular, and there's another part that they come into that publishing side and take on the, the, the management, if you will, the placement, the, the collecting, all that kind of stuff that goes into uh, the actual royalty part of, of the song. Um, but like I, I was so excited because it's like, you know, this idea of copyright and administrator, just because you have an administrator doesn't mean you necessarily stop becoming like you, you all of a sudden forfeit everything that you have in that song. It's just know you've asked somebody else to come in. And help steward that song and get it to a better place or to collect it. And, and so that's what the beauty of what publishing is. And a lot of times uh, these these artists that are out there will actually have zero part of the administrating part of their song because they want somebody else to just deal with that mess. Yeah. Or that beautiful mess, I should say. <laughs> so the one thing I wanted yeah. to kind of hit on here, though, is that the publisher is not necessarily the copyright administrator, but usually right. is. Most publishing companies will have a division of what they do that handles uh, copyright administration, which handles the licensing of the music, the collection and distribution of royalties, and any of the legal stuff that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. But anybody can be an administrator. 
I mean, yeah. you, you don't uh, have to be necessarily licensed to be a copyright administrator. You just have to enter into an agreement with whoever the copyright owner is to say, okay, I'm going to go yep. ahead and take care of this for you in the way that you did for Dan, Danny and Daniel. But it also means right. that now it's your responsibility. Yeah, for those of you that are doing this for the first time listening to this, so oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to get this stuff copyrighted, register with CCLI, just be prepared that you need to know when you see that box administrator what that idea of administrator is. Exactly. This discussion about what copyright is turned out to be quite long, so we decided to break it up into two parts. The second part of this episode covers the specific rights copyright protection gives artists and how that impacts churches. We'll be releasing the second part of the podcast in the next couple of weeks, but in the meantime, please feel free to contact us with your thoughts or ideas or comments about this first part by tweeting to us at 0to60music, leaving a message on the 0to60music services Facebook page, or just emailing us directly at copyrightmatters at 0to60musicservices.com. Thanks, and we'll catch up with you in part two. Take care.